Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into Believe in Commanders. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. I'm Brian Murphy, as always, joined by Anthony Armstrong. Anthony, how are you doing, my friend? Good. I'm, I'm like I said earlier. I'm glad to pro, to uh, I say almost said perform, but uh, to record early in the day. I know so that's I'm right. Have to fall asleep. You know what I mean? I, I feel fresh and good to go this morning, and it's a good thing because we have a very special guest, a guy that uh, I, I've already told him before we start. I've been following his career since before he had a career. And that is Taylor Heineke, Commanders quarterback. Just a quick bio because, you know, like I said, I've been following this guy for a long time. We both went to Collins Hill High School down in Atlanta. This guy goes off to Old Dominion, then ends up in the NFL. And all of a sudden, at one point in his career, he's starting a playoff game for the Washington football team, now Commanders against Tom Brady. But Taylor, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to, to talk with us. Oh, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I mean, I just want to hear about your journey. It's such a, a cool journey, again, as someone who's kind of been nearby and seen it uh, in action since, since our days back in high school. Um, what has that been like for you, man, going from Collins Hill where you, you set some records in high school, you went to Old Dominion, um, went undrafted, bounced around a little bit, and then now you've kind of settled in in Washington. What has that journey been like for you? It's been a roller coaster, man. It, there's been a lots of highs, lots of lows. Um, but the, I think the overall theme through it all has been, you know, I've always been clawing my way to either start or be in a league. And that's kind of the underlying thing that's kind of just driven me throughout the, all these years. It's been, hey, you've been told you're too short, you know, too small, stuff like that. And you just keep working hard and um, you believe that things will just fall in place as they, as they should. So, you know, I've been playing football for – 28 years old and um you know every year just keep working hard and and hopefully the best thing happens and uh you know here we are you know I've it's gonna be my seventh or eighth year in the league and you know if you told me that you know 10 15 years ago I would have been thought you were crazy I can feel you on that and, and I gotta give you ultimate respect uh, just for the story and how you got to the league I have a similarly crazy story we don't have to get into it here but uh, I was an undrafted guy, came in, I got in three years after my draft, um, ended up getting a start in Washington as well. Oh, I wanted to follow up on that. Obviously, you've made it to the, to the starting position, you know, and I know you're a competitor. You would definitely want to start this year. How do, you, uh, uh, how do you come into this season in your position as QB2? How, how are you preparing yourself going into training camp, going into the season, being a mentor, being a teacher of sorts? How, how do you address that? Yeah. Um... You know, it's kind of the same thing as last year. Again, we had Fitzpatrick to start the season. And unfortunately, he went down in the first game. I think it was the first or second quarter and had to take over. But, you know, going into OTAs and stuff this year, you know, I've really accepted that quarterback two role. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't change anything on how I prepare or how I work. You know, I still work and prepare like I'm going to be QB1. And... Um, I think everyone on the team prepares and works as they're going to be starting. And, you know, when you, the time comes and you're the number two or number three guy, you accept that position. You just try and help whoever you can out, the better the team. So, you know, throughout OTAs, I was trying to help Sam Howell and, and Carson Wentz with the, with the playbook. Um, I'm very familiar with it, so I was trying to, like, dummy it down for them. Um, and, again, when we go out to practice, I just – I go out there and act as if I was QB1, helping other guys out, stuff like that. And it doesn't – 
I'm not, you know, stepping on Carson's toes or, you know, stuff like that. He kind of understands, you know, I understand this offense. I've been around these people for a long time and I'm just trying to, you know, help the team out. And I think we have a good relationship with that. That's good. I mean, that can be, it's kind of like an unsung hero. You know, you're, you're almost like an extra coach on the field, you know, rookie receivers, you're probably going to get a lot of work with them uh, doing scout team and things like that. So it's probably something that people may not be paying attention to. I think it, that relationship can be, can help elevate the offense and kind of make things go a little bit smoother. So I, I, I look forward to seeing how you handle that. I think the, the hardest thing and the thing you have to be most mindful of is again, you know, Carson is the number one guy and it's, you know, it's his deal to, you know, I talk to those guys, but if a receiver comes up to me and asks me a question or, you know, Carson doesn't have time to go talk to him because he's about to run another play, um, I'll take that initiative and, and, and help it out. So, again, you know, it's, it's, we have a great relationship, and, you know, you can kind of see it through OTAs. It's going to be a fun year. Yeah, building off that, kind of going back in your history, your first team was the Vikings, is that right? And Scott Turner was the quarterback's coach. So you've known Scott Turner, is that right, basically your whole career? And what is that relationship like, and has that contributed to, your length in the NFL so far? Uh, big time. You know, he was the only coach that went to my pro day. Um, you know, a lot of other scouts did. I want to say there was maybe like 20 to 25 scouts, but he was the only coach. And when a coach goes to your pro day, it's a big deal. So, um, you know, from the jump, he was the only coach there. He, he brought me in as an undrafted free guy. I was there for two and a half years with him. And then um, he was out of league for maybe a year or two. And then he gets picked up by Carolina. He brings me with him. And then same thing with Washington. So um, I'm sure Anthony will tell you the same thing. Um, you have to be good to play in the NFL, but it's it's about relationships as well. Uh, if you know that offense and the guys can trust you to do what you know they're asking you to do, um, and that they can rely on you and they'll bring you in. So uh, that's why that's why I try my best out there, just to uh, be a reliable guy. Well, speaking I, of reliability, um, Terry McLaurin, <clears throat> he got he just got a bag. Mm-hmm. You've been you've you've literally had a front row seat to see him ascend and kind of grow in the league. What makes him so special? There's a lot of things, and I will I'm going to point to something that's off the field. Um, you know, you obviously see that he's fast. He makes great plays on the field. Uh, he's a great leader. Um, but off the field stuff, man, you know how receivers are usually the divas, you know, or maybe the DBs, the divas, they like to be flashy. They like to look good, stuff like that. But Terry, Terry doesn't care, man. He's a great leader, a great person to have in the locker room. And when you have a guy like that as your number one receiver, it just trickles down. And having him a captain on the team, it trickles down. And people feel like they just they can't be that way. Because if Terry's, you know, making that much money and he's that good on the field and he's acting this way, um, you have no excuse to be acting any other way. So, you know, we have a great, great group of, of guys in the locker room. And I think Terry's at the very forefront of that, that, um, you know, the way he presents himself, the way he carries himself just trickles down to everybody else. I was, I was going to say, yeah, he's, He's incredible. I mean, you know, you hear the story about him kind of getting drafted as largely a special teams guy. And then all of a sudden his rookie year, he's almost wide receiver one. I kind of feel like in a, in a similar way, that's kind of you. You were, you were brought on kind of in Washington as that kind of COVID relief guy, kind of a, in, needed in a pinch. And then all of a sudden you're, you're starting in a, in a playoff game. What is it like to kind of just have to stay ready to be ready whenever that, that call comes and how do you handle that? And what is that mindset mindset like? 
it's tough, man. It's, it's especially because when you're, when you're out of the league and um, you don't really have many people pushing you or you don't have many things to, like, look forward to or maybe not think that you're ever going to play again, it's tough to stay motivated. Um, and for me, I was lucky enough to – my sister let me uh, live at her house and her brother-in-law is a psycho uh, when it comes to fitness. So – you know, there's, he owns his own gym. He's working there from like four in the morning until eight at night. Like he is all about it. And so he would wait, he would get back from the gym around seven thirty, and he would make me put on this. That's when I would usually wake up and he would make me put on this. Um, but yeah, he would make me put on this 50, 50 pound weight vest. And he's like, Hey, we're going for a five to seven mile walk. Let's oh go. And this is in the heat of summer in Georgia. And you know how that is. It's humid, man. Oh yeah. And he would make me do that every day. And that's what kind of got my, you know, mentality like, you know, I'm going to wake up every day and just try and get better, whether it's I'm going to go throw, go walk, do something. So, um, you know, I, I put a lot of a lot of kudos to him and, and how he drove me. Well, I, I remember, uh, you know, the Atlanta game, you talking about living on your, your sister's couch. And, you know, how, how big was that that win in Atlanta coming back to your hometown and then, uh, it just kind of seems like it was it all culminated there with you telling that story about your brother-in-law. What what did that mean to you, and how special was that to to play in your hometown? Yeah, it was huge. You know, my first start was actually in 2018 against the the Falcons when I was with the Panthers, and you know, a couple people from from hometown drove up that you know three hour drive and didn't play too well. I tore my tricep through three picks, and we lost by you know 20 points. Um, so that would be my last start as a football, as a quarterback, uh, what didn't really sit well with me. So the fact that I can go back home to Georgia, have a bunch of people from my high school and uh, family members, you know, family friends come to the game and to perform like that and have a, a great ending like that when um, it kind of just came full circle. And again, you rewind to almost a year prior to that, I was at my sister's house thinking I was never going to play again. So for them to be able to go to that game, uh, see that crazy ending for us to win. It all came full circle. And I got a little emotional there at the end. I love that. I, my first game in Washington was against Dallas at at FedEx Field. Um, so I didn't know what that Dallas week was like. Yep. I mean, I'm sure you've learned now, like when they say it's Dallas week, when they say honk if you hate Dallas, there's going to be nothing but horns going off all up, up and down the beltway. Um, so that's huge. And then I, I wish I would have got a win against Dallas. So I didn't, when we got a win in, in, in FedEx, I needed to win in, in Dallas in front of my people. So yeah. I missed that. You, you got that edge on me. Um, so I'll let you win that game. <laughs> let me, let me ask you this. You got, obviously you're on the field, best view than, than, than anybody who is jumping out that, you know, over the off season on offense and on defense as well, who's jumping out is somebody that's like, man, this guy's making some plays. Nobody's talking about him much, but who's somebody that you see a lot of growth in? You know, it's probably easy to say, um, and it's kind of a safe answer, but the, what he's been doing this off season has just, has got my eyes open. It's our first round draft pick, Jahan Dotson. Um, you know, it's, again, it's easy to say you expect a first rounder to, to make an impact, but, uh, for a guy to come in and immediately open eyes and immediately um, become a guy um, is is pretty rare, as you know. Um, 
And so Jahan, Jahan has, has done some great things. You know, he's a great route runner. It's very smooth. He catches almost everything. Um, he's a smart kid. So again, if he can stay healthy and just keep doing what he's doing, it's going to be a fun year for him and Carson defensively. Again, we have a great defense, man. And, um, you know, I can go through every single position and look at, you know, this, this guy's a dude. Um, but at the end of the day, I keep looking at Cole Holcomb, you know, our, our leader at linebacker, those two guys, you know, really impressed them. And you know, again, you know, they just, they just keep getting better every practice. You can see it. Boot up with a great, a great linebacker, London Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit before your time, but London was, he, he would call the play. <laughs> Coach, do we audible out of this? Or what do we do? They're like, just run it. And I'm like, he knows the screen. Like, is, is that what Cole does? Is he at that level where he's like just predicting what you're doing? He's not at that level yet. Again, he's still a young guy, um, but he's getting there. You know, one guy that used to do that when I was in Carolina was, uh, was Keekly. Um, you break the huddle and he's like, it's a run this way. And if you kill it, he knew why you were killing it. Maybe the safety down was down weak. He's like, all right, now it's a run this way. And it was just, it was, it was hard. You know, you're kind of, it's hard to beat a guy that, you know, he knows what you're about to do. So um, Cole's going to get there one day. He's, he's, he's getting better. Um, but right now he's just making a lot of good football plays. And I think the men- mental side of it is going to just keep growing. I want to, I want to touch on Jahan Dotson real quick. We, we've talked about Terry McLaurin and now he's, back in the fold with his new deal. But how valuable was that time where it was kind of Jahan Dotson as wide receiver one? How important were those reps? And, and do you think that's going to benefit him for his rookie year? Yeah, I think it was huge for him. I think it was huge for everyone else, too. Um, you know, whenever you have a, a, a starter or two out and those younger guys get reps, I mean, those, those reps are priceless. Um, you know, you got maybe – wide receiver two or three being wide receiver one for a duration of practice, you know, for months. And you just, you get better that way. So when Jahan was at number one and Cam Sims got a lot of work, um, you know, Deami Brown got a lot of work, you know, those guys were getting really good work in and they were doing just fine. So when you, when you're comfortable with your offense without Terry and then you add Terry back in there, um, it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing. It's, it's, it's a, it's a offense coordinator's, you know, dream and a quarterback's dream. So, um, you know, once we get – now we have Terry back. Once we get Logan Thomas back from his injury, it's going to be a – it's going to be a fun – it's going to be a really fun season. What's the young tight end's name out of a, a Cole? No Probably disrespect no. to the rook. No, I think it's, yeah. I think it's Cole Turner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole's, he, Cole's a good player, man. Yeah, I, he's another guy that's opened a lot of people's eyes. That's exciting. Because, I mean, the, the reps are huge. And the way the league goes, just how you mentioned earlier, you prepare to be, you're prepared to be the starter, even if you're five, six, seven, because knock on wood, a few bad steps at the house, you next thing you know, you're playing. I mean, that's how it happens. So it, it, this have those guys getting reps now, those pay, that will pay dividends in the season. You know, as Terry works to get in shape, and I know he's going to show up in shape, so let's not even go there, but as he gets to be in more in shape, you can pull him out a little bit more often earlier in the season. Yeah. And let those long guys get some. And it's a, it's a cool thing too. So like maybe we want to play Jahan Dotson at F or Z and uh, Terry goes down and we need an X and we put Jahan at X. He's not foreign to it now. Um, you no, know, he was playing X a lot during OTA. So he understands 
almost every position on the field now. So when you when you can do that, uh, it just makes it that much harder on the defense. I'm big on that. Everybody would say, well, what position do you play? I'm like, I play receiver. X, Z, F, G, whatever it is, I play them all. Uh-huh. Is, is are more play are more of the guys on offense like at trying to learn more positions or are they kind of some guys kind of still pigeonholed in, in some spots? Well, you know that's that's ultimately up to the coach, man. Whatever he wants to do with his offense and you know and stuff like that. But again, I think Coach Scott Turner is very comfortable with us at receiver, and um, he feels like you can plug in anyone at any position, and they're going to know what to do and do it well. So. It's it's a fun deal. Again, you know, when you just have Terry lining up at X all the time, all the time, all the time, some defenses kind of understand tendencies and what you're trying to do. But, you know, if you put Terry at the slot and you put someone else at the X, then it kind of throws him for a loop. You just don't know what's going to happen. So, again, the more we can do with that, um, the, the more dangerous we're going to be. Man, I love it. I love it. That's the Brian, like the, the, every week I, I was sitting on meetings and they will they'll release stats and they'll say, 27% of the time, this person lines up here. And then good defense, the Keekleys, the London Fletchers, the good DB, they look at that and they see, okay, if you're there, how many, what do you run from these spots? What do you run from these splits? Um, when I was in Dallas, I used to hate the fact that we would run a Harvey, a 12-yard curl, but right back down the stem, right? We would run that from the, from the red line, which was like six yards from the sideline. Right, how are you supposed to hold that red line? They wanted us to line up there, run four verticals from there. They're like, you have to go outside. But I'm like, they know I'm going outside. They know they only run two routes from this split. Right. Why don't you let me bump the split down? You know, change it up. Well, obviously, yeah. being the, the fan in the group here, you know, I think fans have so much access to, to that kind of thing that they can see the tendencies. I can only imagine the exponential growth that comes with the, the, the quarterbacks and the coaches having that that information as well. You've you got to be able to, to mix it up a little bit, and that's so important. That's, that's kind of what I've, I've loved about Scott Turner's offense, and obviously, Taylor, you can speak to it more, but just how guys can move all over and make plays from different areas, and that you're kind of getting a different look every time uh, you run a different play. Yeah, you know, from the when I was first with uh, Scott in Minnesota, he was quarterback coach, and his dad, Norv, was OC. And, you know, he had a lot of success through the past with, you know, Antonio Gates, Philip Rivers, LT, those guys. And you kind of see Scott kind of take over that offense, and he's also kind of morphed it into something new. Um, you see a lot of motions. You see a lot of – hide blocks, um, lots of play actions, doing those hide blocks. It's, it's, it's really tough on those defenses to really get a gauge on what we're trying to do every play because all these mo- all certain looks, um, it could be a run, it could be a boot, it could be a pass, it could be a different type of run play. So um, he's really doing well with switching up and almost have it be the same look but a different play. And, again, moving those guys around. So it's he's making it really tough on the defense. It's just all about execution and, and staying healthy, and I think we'll be fine. That's exciting to see, especially how you, how you mentioned he's morphing it from what his dad has done and putting in new stuff. Kind of reminds me of – makes me think of Mike McDaniel, how he kind of took over the San Francisco offense. And I remember being with him in Cleveland and – I got to the point where I knew what Kyle was going to call. You're just like, okay, this is what he calls. And then, you know, in this verbiage, whatever, whatever. And then there was a day of the week. I didn't know they changed this where they would let Mike call the plays. He would design them and call them. 
and there were different motions and different people. I was in different positions. I was like, whoa, I'm primarily an X. I don't ever run the bench route. Now I'm doing that. So that's something that's good to see that he's, he's evolving as a play caller. More weapons is going to help him evolve even more. Brian, it's going to be exciting, man. Yeah, I think that's exciting. I'm really, I'm really excited. And a guy we haven't even mentioned that I hope is out there uh, more this year is Curtis Samuel. I know he was big in that Atlanta game. I was there. And so when he's on the field, you can definitely see a difference. And he's a guy that, that knows Scott Turner's offense well, like Taylor. Um, Taylor, so we, we mentioned a couple of your stops. Uh, you've, you've gotten to play with some really legit guys. You mentioned Luke Keekley. Um, obviously, your time in Minnesota. Um, I know that you had a brief stop with Tom Brady in New England. What have you learned from some of the, the places that you've been, and how do you apply what you learned from a guy or a coach or, I mean, even a defensive player to, to what you're doing now? Yeah, so everyone's different. You know, everyone works differently. And, um, you know, some things work for some people, some things don't. So every time I go to a different team and I'm with a different quarterback, I kind of just study how they study. Um, I ask them questions like, how do you see the game? How do you see this concept? Um, just little things like that. And you can go from the playbook to on the field to even stuff off the field, um, everyday life stuff. And you kind of just hear what they have to say and why they do it. And you kind of try to incorporate that, incorporate that in your life and see if that works for you. So, um, you know, I've, I've picked a couple of things out, whether it was Sean Hill, Teddy Bridgewater, um, Sam Bradford, um, Cam Newton. Um, again, I was with Tom Brady for, for two, three weeks. Um, and then just lately, like Alex Smith, um, you know, I've had a handful of, of really good successful quarterbacks. I just try and try and pick and choose from what works best for them and see if it works good for me. So, um, there's been multiple things. Um, and now I got Carson Wentz and, um, and I'm back in my Bible now, you know, Carson's a big Christian guy and I, that's something I kind of lost there for a little bit. And, you know, being back in it, I feel I'm back on track with something, you know, he helped me with that part of my life. So it's, it's cool to really just pick and choose uh, what works best for you and, and what, what makes me a better person, a better player. I like that. I, I know personally, I remember, there are certain certain players on the team that you'd kind of like pick up the habits that they had. My first one was whatever Santana Moss did sure. to get his body right. I did that. It was, uh-huh. I don't care how much it costs. I need to go to the massage therapist. I need to go to the chiropractor, whatever. You see the way that London studies and uh, Lorenzo Alexander carries himself. And those things, those things trickle throughout the, the uh, team for sure. So it's big that Terry has that, you know, has that in him and you and Carson kind of linking on, on something that's common as well. So it's going to be good vibes going yeah. across the whole offensive roster. Yeah. You know, as a young guy and, and you come in the facility and you already see those veterans there working hard, getting treatment, stuff like that. And you go out there on the field and produce um, all that is, is a, you know, you're, you're setting an example of how to be good and how to be great. And, you know, it's, that's, I think that's really big for young guys to see. Oh, I know uh, I know that Anthony wanted to play a, a quick word association game. We've talked about a lot of guys, especially a lot of uh, commanders, Washington football team, Redskin guys. So I think Anthony's going to read off a couple of guys that you know, and we want just one quick answer, one word that describes those guys to you. So I'll let you take it away. Hey, hey. All right. So one word. Let's go with this one. Chase Young. <sighs> Predator. That was in the back of my head. I was like, Predator's got to be Predator. Um, you spoke on him earlier, uh, Jahan Dotson. 
Uh, silent assassin, man. That dude doesn't talk. He's very calm and collected, cool. But he's uh, he's a little assassin now. He's gonna. Nice. It's not gonna look it. great sometimes, but he's gonna. He's a killer. I love it. I love it. Ron Rivera. <sighs> Wise. Um, you know he's been around. He's been a player. He's won a Super Bowl. He's a player's coach, but he also knows what it takes to win. So the the dude, the dude's wise. Brian, do you have any? Oh yeah, I want to. Uh, Carson Wentz. Man, I've only been with him two months. Um, I'll say he's innocent, man. I don't know something about him that's just innocent. Like he gets a lot of flack, and I don't know why. You know, I've I've been with him for for a very short amount of time, but he's a good leader. He works hard at it. Um, He's a nice guy. Um, So, you know, I feel for him sometimes, man. I I really do. And uh, he's just now getting the golf, too. He's he's got the golf bug now. He just started. So, yeah, he's a little – man, he works hard at it. I know my my buddy Reed would uh, love to play with you and Carson one day. Uh, I know that's how we got this this started, so – Maybe you can have read out with you guys too. Uh, a guy that I think called you his best friend at one point last year, Logan Thomas. Yeah, Logan. Um, you know, I can't say enough good words about him. He's he probably is my best friend on the team. Um, again, he went from quarterback to tight end. He's he's kind of done it all, but uh, he's a good leader on the team. I can't come up with a word for him though, to be honest. Yeah. Who else? You anybody else? Uh, yeah, one more. The uh, the, I guess weapon on the offensive side, Antonio Gibson. <laughs> That's my dude. Um, I call him sleepy. He always looks like he's about to go to sleep. Man, he's got those heavy eyes, just kind of moping around. But when he's on the field, man, he makes things happen. So it's uh, well, he might sleepy. be he might be sleepy because he has a young daughter. Is that right? He's probably not getting much sleep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. He's always getting beat up out there. So uh, yeah. I, I, I feel for him. Um, all right. Well, I got I got uh, one more question, and I want to ask you one quick thing about off the field. But I hope that you're playing in the NFL for another 10 years. But it sounds like to me that you have such a knowledge of the game. I mean, we're talking about different positions. You're talking about guys on defense. What do you see yourself doing after your football playing days are over? Is there coaching in your future? Is that something that would interest you? You know, I think I would really enjoy coaching. Um but I just look at it from each level. Like the NFL is just so unpredictable and it's not, it's hard to keep that job. It's hard to stay in the same spot for a long time. And, you know, again, I'm looking for the future. If I'm starting to start a family, I don't want to keep jumping from city to city. Um, college wise, I don't want to recruit. I do not want to recruit. <laughs> I do not want to go offer 12 year old kids scholarships or try and like tell these kids how great they are. Like, I don't want to do that either. Um, so I'm guessing like maybe even like a high school gig, man. Like, you know, I've kind of made my money sticking a spot. And I think that's where you make the most um, impact, you know, with those young kids and trying to teach them the game that way, or maybe even just become like a, a quarterback coach that you go to to train um, something like that. So I think those two for coaching is, is up my alley. Um, but again, you know, the college, the NFL stuff, there's so much that goes into it. You know, staying getting at the facility at four in the morning, stay until midnight. Like that's not for me. I oh my you. gosh, you're, it's like I'm looking at myself. Say, cause I, <laughs> I had them same thoughts. I was like, ah, college. Mm-mm. 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 I knew in college I didn't want to coach in college. 
I was like, there's no way. Like I, cause I had to tell them stuff to not do that. I was actually doing at that moment. And I was like, nah, probably yeah. not. <laughs> Same thing with the league. I was like, I don't want to be a GA when I was just playing with y'all. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah. I'm teaching then, y'all how to skirt the system. And then you, and then you add in the, the, transfer portal and you add in the nil and it's just like you're constantly you're recruiting your own team like you got to yeah. keep your own guys there and yeah. that's just, it's too much man there's too much going on yeah yeah I, I think you'd be really good at a um at like the private coaching like you know kind of get your own elite 11 or whatever you want to do and that way you can pour into select kids right mm-hmm. Everybody tries to send you a six-year-old. You're like, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not here for that. But give me maybe a 12, 13, somebody that actually wants to get better at the position and is ready. I yes. think you'd be good at that. I think that'd be right up your alley. Like I've done, I've done some, some young kid camps and stuff like that. And I enjoy them. They're fun. But, you know, when, at a young camp, it's all about are they having fun and let's try and get them tired. Like that's the two goals. And for me, like I just want to – I want to see progress in people. I find a lot of joy in that. So like that, that year when I was playing, I was at home uh, when I was training, I would train those high school kids and I would like run routes for them. And I'd just be like, Hey, listen, like I'm going to run a post here. And if you throw it over my outside shoulder, you're doing like 50 up downs. I don't care. <laughs> like throw it in front of me. You know, that's, that's the, the golden rule. So like just little things like that. Um, and to see them get better, that's that's super cool. I love it. Well, I tell you, if, if whenever you're done, I'll, I'll I'll hire you as my coaching guru. I'm a QB go. coaching guru. We'll find a place for you. All right, <laughs> I remember uh, that. Uh, Anthony, you got any more football questions before I veer off in a total left field direction? Man, I mean, I get my the other one I wrote down was just like, how do you? How are you? spending your last month before you go off to training camp. This is your last bit of free time. And uh, Danny Smith used to say, we only get July 4th as a holiday when you play in the NFL. So how are you enjoying this last little month of time before you get, get into camp? Yeah. So we got done mid June. We go back July 26. So you get about a month and a week maybe. Um, so right after mini camp OTAs, I take two weeks off. I am like, I am, I'm getting away from it go golf, go drink, go to the beach, go do something. And then the last two and a half, three weeks before camp is when I really start getting into it. Um, and as you know, man, NFL season is a long season. You go from July 26th all the way through January. That's five and a half, six months straight of, of ball. And, you know, if, if you just work hard nonstop throughout the whole season, you get burnt out by week five, week six, and it's a long season, man. So, you know, I try to really – balance it space stuff out um and for me for you know how i do that is i love golfing and i like getting out in the course golf it gives you a little workout not too much come home relax watching tv um that's that's my kind of therapy and i don't know if you guys follow me on instagram but i've gotten into these huge lego yes. build things man is that you're about to ask that's where i was headed i, I i've seen that i've seen your, your you go step by step and i love it is it star wars specifically is it like any big thing you can build and where did that that come from hey i can actually show you some, some videos here but so i it all started during otas um okay. you know you you own the facility you get in at eight and i think you're done by two so you have a lot of time on your hands right. and on, on monday tuesday wednesday you're not going out doing nothing. You know, you have nothing really to do. So, like, 
I wanted something that gave me some therapy, gave me some it. thought process, you know, stuff like that. So I'll, let me uh, let me turn this around. So I got the Batmobile right here. Oh snap! Oh nice. And That's got, Lego. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Our, Lego. Bro. For like, our listeners that aren't aren't seeing this, this is a legit Batmobile. Like Christian Bale, Robert Pattinson, like could look like they could jump in that and drive it right now. Yeah. Wow. And here's a big AT-AT from uh, Star Wars. Oh yeah. About seven thousand. You say seven thousand? Yeah. This is oh, the Robert Pattinson Batmobile, okay. and then this is the latest. Millennium Falcon. Oh my gosh! This is about wow. seventy-five hundred pieces. My goodness! Shut up, yeah. Lego. If y'all listening, <laughs> right. y'all please hit my man up. Yeah, all right. Hook my man up. He's over here. See, I follow you. I just haven't seen it. You know, the algorithm be feeding you other stuff. So, oh, yeah. But no, well, I can appreciate that. That's that's those off-season hobbies, Brian. Yeah. I I, I did guitar. I learned how to oh, play. Nice. No woman, no cry. And that's about as far as I've gotten. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So uh, another follow-up question to the Legos. Obviously, we we talked about the football. Who cares about that? Let's get to the important stuff. What What do you? Uh, where do those go after you're done? Are you gonna like put those on a shelf? Like, I think you have nieces and nephews. I mean, are they allowed to even touch it or look at it? Well, the nephew's not even one yet, so he, he okay. can't even he can't get up that high. Um, but hopefully, by the time he can start walking and reach them, I got cases for them and. Um, so I'm a big Star Wars, Marvel kind of fanatic, man. I, I love that type of world, that universe. Um, so I actually have a room upstairs with a bunch of, like, paintings. I got freaking four lightsabers. I'm like, oh, that's I'm, awesome. I'm all nerded out, man. But, um, yeah, right. I expect to get some cases in here soon and have, like, a whole room for it. Okay, I didn't expect this to go this way. I went to Disney uh, in May. I wish I was at home because I would grab it right now. It's sitting, like, with with, like, the precious books like my bible and stuff but i got the iron man gauntlet that actually like makes noise and stuff like that and so uh, man i'm all about it. i just i've already seen thor the new one it's awesome i don't know if you've seen it yet go check that out um, i not i haven't i don't see look when my boys get into that stuff i'm just gonna call y'all i don't okay, know all there you go. <laughs> i only know a couple like I, don't, I, I i guess i can't sit down that long <laughs> i will say like if you were to go on Disney Plus, go to the Marvelous section, it has like the whole universe from in like chronological order. Yes. So if you watch the first Captain America, then you watch the Iron Man. Like it's it's a beautiful. Who, which story. one I gotta start with? Which one I gotta well, start with? Do it in do it in timeline order. So you gotta start with Captain America, who was around, you know, during what World War Two. World War Two. So, yeah. So start there, and it, it, like right. you said on Disney Plus, it puts it in timeline order, and everything's in order. Just start right. there. Coach the old man up over here. Yeah, everything, everything meshes well together. There's, you know, like little Easter egg hunt things mm-hmm. from each movie to movie. So it's it's a really cool deal. I'm willing to I'm willing to give it a chance. There you All go. Right. All right. See how far I get. And last last one, Taylor. I know that you're a big Braves guy. I've seen you at Braves games. Are the Braves doing it again this year? I mean, they're heating up right now at the right time. Hundred percent, man. Um, it was sad to see Freddie go, but then we got our guy. From uh, from Georgia back in there, so yeah, um, they won fourteen. Yep, they won about fourteen straight about a month ago. Yep, Um, I'm gonna say they're in the top five in the league in the record right now. So yeah, they got their thing going. I think their their biggest thing is just pitching. If they can keep the pitching up, uh, I think they'll be just fine. Heck yeah! Well, man, I hope to see you out there at Truist and. 
Uh, like I've already said, I'm, I've been a big fan since your days at Collins Hill Eagle to ODU, now to, to my favorite team and what you're doing for the Commanders, man. Um, best, best of luck this season and can't wait to see how you take on your new role and all that you go out there to accomplish this season. Ryan, Anthony, appreciate you guys having me, man. Really enjoyed it. it. All right, you guys. Come back, you come down this way. I live on a golf course, too. So come, come on. We'll throw some on the grill, right? Okay. We'll throw some beers back. And you can teach the kids how to throw the football. Where are you at? I'm in Texas. I live in Dallas. I'm, I okay. live in McKinney, so just north of. Um, but, yeah, come through. I got you. Yeah, next time I'm down there, I'll let you know. That's a bet. All right. Cool. I appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate yep. it. Y'all take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.